Wow. Getting around Chad Taylor, um, um, you learn the, the main adjective is wow. Um, and we can even say it backwards, wow. Um, My prayer this morning is God would bring his anointing upon me that I could communicate what I believe to be the heart of God concerning us here at PWAC and concerning the body of Christ. Um, And my prayer is also that which I have perceived to be the Lord. If there's something that it is not the Lord that he shut my mouth on it. Yes. I came with a... We got the other wireless mic. I gave it to him. Okay. Um, give it to Brandy if you would, babe. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I came with a mission this morning, and that mission is to express what I believe to be the heart of God. Um, the Lord woke me up at 6 o'clock this morning, and... What I thought was a few notes that I was going to jot down and just share just a little bit and then release it to Hunter. God just just flooded me with some stuff that he had already been stirring and everything. But um, I, want to, I want to start out this morning. I, I was amazed at our meeting yesterday because what um, I feel like we have tried to grunt, um, push, make things come together for since I've been here for four years for others it's been a longer time <clears throat> and I watched the breath of God breathe yesterday in this place and bring something that only he can bring the body of Christ has been trying to push unity and and make unity happen within the body of Christ and unless the breath of God just breathes True unity and true one-mindedness can't come any other way. And I watched it yesterday. And I listened, I listened to the heart of other leaders in this church. Not all, but some leaders. Um, so I wanna, I'm going to talk about some of that. I'm going to release some things that I believe that God has given me. I submit what I say I believe to be the word of the Lord. I submit it to the authority of this house. And open myself for correction. <clears throat> we were, um, Hunter and I just went to Ten- Pickwick, Tennessee, Trail of the Tears. I'm going to let him talk about that. That's really not what I'm here to do today. That's, that's, his, that's his deal. Um, but in that, um, on the way back, we stopped in Hamilton, Alabama to, to um, hook up with Kalen Mollis and Hannah Jones, and they're doing their second year internship over there. I'm excited. Um, and we had the, the, the honor of sitting in on one of the meetings at the ramp. And, <clears throat> you know, they were, they were in worship, and we were in worship, and they were saying, cry out to the Lord and cry out to the Lord. And I turned over to Hunter and I said, dude, we've been crying out for three days. I'm about cried out. Um, but in that place, I was able to observe. 
And I was just, there is, there, there is no doubt there's one-mindedness there. There's clear vision. Um, there's structure. And I believe we're going to see that in a capacity here that we've never seen before. Um, but also what the Lord was able to show me is, and, and I listened to Damon's heart as he spoke, and man, what revelation. I mean, this dude is really spending some time with the Lord. Um, he, and he started out talking about um, God challenging his theology. And he said, you've never been in an argument about theology until you get in an argument with God about theology. <clears throat> so, and he, listening to his heart, and I, I believe I perceived his heart correctly, his heart is to shake off anything that has a flavor to it of any tradition, any denomination, and anything that's not of God. And he even expressed, he's not even sure exactly what that looks like. Now in that, I came back and I, and I began to share with Daylene and in, at Intercessory Prayer. We just began, here's what I'm learning. It's real important in relationships to begin to share with what we're getting because what I'm seeing is what's happening is the spirit of wisdom comes in those moments and things you've never even thought about, the spirit of God brings wisdom and starts imparting things, and just as you're talking about it, it's like, wow, I, I never even thought about it. Now, I've heard preachers talk about it, and as they're preaching, just like Joseph Prince, he was talking the other day, as he's preaching, he said, it's not me, it's the Spirit of the Lord comes and wisdom imparts, and He imparts it to the body. And we've limited it to the, to the pulpit. And it's supposed to be within our, within our midst and within our homes. And as we speak the Spirit of the Lord and the wisdom to things that is far above our minds, far above our thinking and our understanding, the Spirit of wisdom will come and you'll be like, wow, what a revelatory gift. In that, as I was, I was talking to Daylene and I shared it with Keith, what I've seen... Where PWAC is, there is no flavor. Now, we're connected with Morningstar, but we're not a Morningstar church. And I'm, I'm not throwing a rock at Morningstar. There is no tradition. There, there is no denominational flavor here. In the 11 years... That God has taken PWAC on the journey. Now, I'm not saying there's not things that don't need to be fixed. I'm not saying that there's th not things that need to still come off of us. But what I'm saying, there's not a flavor of any other ministry. And there's going to be people and ministries that come into this church that will impart the character of the Father to us. And that we receive. But anything that they try to impart to us that's their ministry, we're to reject. Because let me tell you, as a father, my kids carry my character and, and, and the things that I've imparted to them. But I allow them to have their freedom and, and come into who they are. And God has in 11 years shaken off mess and brought us into a, there's no other flavor. And we are who we are. It's why it seems chaotic at times. 
That's why it seems like there's no order at times. Because right in the middle of the beginning of Genesis and when the, the earth was void and, and, and just chaotic, God spoke into it and he breathed and the, the Spirit of the Lord hovered the earth. And the Spirit of the Lord is coming and he's, there's a time coming and the time has come and the time is now that the Spirit of the Lord is breathing upon PWAC and bringing us into a place and we're, and, and we're crossing over. We're crossing over. Um, and I, and I'm, I've got more on that. I just don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't know whether to read or whether just to spew it out on you. <clears throat> um, I, I want Brandy to come up and share a dream that she had two years ago. And um, I want to talk about that real quick. Um, I felt like I needed to hurry with things. My wife told me that God wasn't in a hurry today. I feel the presence of the Lord, and, and I feel repentance in the house. Um, there's a freshness of the Spirit of God here this morning. Um, we shared this dream that, that the Lord gave Brandy two years ago to leadership. We prayed over this dream. We came against this dream. And, um, and then and I'll, I'll go from there after she shares it. And you might not want to stand right there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's kind of wild. I still remember this dream like it was yesterday. Um, Ken and I were sitting in a room. Uh, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Keith's office back there as far as the size. It was just a blank room. It was he and me, and then it was Farrell. I remember Farrell being there uh, for some reason. Um, we were sitting around, and we looked very sad, very bummed out so to speak and we were just shaking our heads and we were like I can't believe it was all over by October I can't believe it was all over by October and that was it um when we heard that we interpreted it to be that PWAC would come to an end in October um, <clears throat> one of the things the Lord is showing us, one of the weakest links we have in this body is our prayer life and our intercession. And there's, there's people here that is really just pressed on, but um, as a prophetic church, God gives us revelation. And as I said a few weeks ago, that, to me, I thought used to be the hardest part of it. It's not. The revelation comes. God is speaking. The, the, the challenge is to discern and prayerfully consider the interpretation and the application. And that's where we have missed it in our personal lives, and I feel like at times we've missed it as a whole. Um, the other day... Um, we had shared this dream with several people, and I don't even remember who was speaking it back to me. But as they spoke it, <clears throat> I, I heard the Lord speak, and I heard the dream in a way that I'd never heard it. And my natural mind just wouldn't have heard it that way. And um, what I heard was everything and all the issues that we have and the, some situations and everything that we're dealing with by October, will come to an end. Yes. And it's important to come to an end. Let me, let me speak something real clear to you. If you have offense, 
If you have some things unsettled with people or with the Lord or anything, it's crucial for you to get it done before October. And I don't really think it's October. I really, I don't know much about the Jewish calendar, but I understand if I'm correct that September 29th will be the first day of the new month. Is that right? Or there, there's a purpose in that that God's bringing us. And, and I'm, I was unaware of it, but as what I felt like the Lord was showing me and speaking to me, and then you know I started seeing some things about the Jewish calendar, and then it, then it came, you know, it made sense. Um, it's real important that we as individuals and we as a body do all we can to get things right, to walk into this next season. Now, <clears throat> now I pray that I do not bawl like a baby because I've been bawling half the morning because um, I want to effectively communicate this everywhere we have turned lately we've heard Moses and Joshua Um, we have discussed Moses and Joshua in our house for weeks now John Natale was here two months ago I don't know what the time frame is but he talked about Moses and Joshua when we went to Pickwick Tennessee, we got out at 9.30 at night, met the, the, the minister there. We began to walk the grounds. The first thing he pointed out to us was a tree, and he called it Moses and Joshua. The Lord continued to deal with us and continued to speak to um, our hearts concerning this. We've been bouncing it off each other in our home. When me and Hunter heard that, and he called the tree Moses and Joshua. We looked at each other and said, wow. And Chad hadn't even been there yet. Um, I hear the Lord say, I hear the Lord say we are at our promised land. We are at our promised land. <clears throat> it has taken PWAC roughly 11 years. The journey for the Israelites from the Egypt to the promised land should have took 11 days. It took them 40. The right time for them would have been 11 days. The time is, the time is coming, the time has come, and the time is now. It wasn't six years ago. It wasn't five years ago. It wasn't four years ago. It was not last year. The time is now. We didn't miss the mark. We didn't miss the time. We've never been in this place and we're standing at the threshold. I hear the Lord say, PWAC's time, the promised land is now. Our promised land is the promises the Lord has given to this body. 2012, listen to me. 2012 will be the year we begin to possess the land. This, this, let me tell you something. 
I've seen this spoken, I've heard it taught and, and even released prophetically in churches. Let me tell you something. This is the word of the Lord. <clears throat> and and I Keith, John Natale said when he was here that God was putting Joshua beside your side. You are our Moses. God's heart was for Moses to enter into the promised land. Your temptation. has been to be angry with the people and hit the rock. And I hear God say, you are the Moses of this place and you spoke to the rock and you have obeyed and your heart still cries out for the people, not only in this place, but in this land and the land around. And we will follow you into the promised land. Our Moses, and I'm not, I'm not, and Keith would rather me not even bring attention to him. I know his, I know that. Our Moses is a true man of God. He's a true man of God because he's a, he's a man about the people. Two thousand twelve will be a year of the spiritual, not the carnal for PWAC. This will be a year that we tried to do in previous years will now come supernaturally. We will experience the ease of ministry. This will be the year that it, it will be evident. Listen please listen to me. This will be the year that it will be evident of those that are abiding and those are not. What am I saying? It will be evident of those that are abiding in the Lord and those that are not. We have no right. We have no right to be jealous or angry at people that have chosen to pay the price and to submit themselves before the Lord. We have no right. Isaiah forty thirty one says, Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. This scripture will no longer just become a scripture to us, but it will become a part of our DNA.
the word weight in the Hebrew. I won't try to pronounce it, but it means to twist, to stretch, tension of enduring, strong strength, an example, strand of rope. To be twisted together with the Lord as a rope that has undergone stretching and tension that has produced endurance and strength that will not break in this season. I'm going to give it to you again. To be twisted together with the Lord as a rope that has undergone stretching and tension that has produced endurance and strength that will not break in this season. 2012 will be a year that we will begin to soar like eagles. Our strength really will be renewed. We will walk and not faint. The Lord has allowed me to be involved in a couple other ministries that have come to this place and, and chose not to humble themselves before God and repent and chose not to go into their promised land. I've been at this place with at least two other ministries. I knew in my spirit not because of death, doom, or gloom, that we would not go into the promised land. I know, just as much as I knew then, I know you can't rob me of it. You can't convince me. You can't discourage me. You can't take it away from me. We are going into our promised land. Brandy and I had a business decision to make a, a few weeks ago, and um, really just trying to weigh things out and really couldn't get past our emotions and what to do and what not to do. So um, guess what we did? We put it before y'all's teens, your children. Um, yes, we trust them greatly to hear the Lord. Um, we asked them to pray for us. They got some words. Then we asked them to pray concerning a business decision. And um, I want to share one of the words that um, was shared to us by Josiah. He saw us carrying a torch and running. And he heard. We were carrying a torch and running a race. And he heard. The enemy will whisper, aren't you tired? Don't you want to sit down? It's time to rest. It's time to rest. But the Lord would say, it's time to run. It's time to run and run with the flame. Hmm. I hear the Lord say, I hear the Lord say, To Pewat. My flame is here. Run. Run the race. It's not time to rest. It's not time to sit down. It's time to run. Run with the flame. Let me tell you something. After receiving the words from the kids, we made a we made a business decision and we chose not to go with what we were fixing to do. And um, God brought peace in that. And um, 
Can I get something to drink by? Um, hmm. Thank you, buddy. She robbed you of your glory, man. Um, <laughs> I want to speak real quick about um, what I hear the Lord say. I hear the Lord say, true authority is coming. And let me tell you something. And, I, and this morning I stand before you and I'm saying a lot of what I hear the Lord say. Man, I question myself whenever I whenever I get to that place because I, I, there's a weight when we say that we have a responsibility. And God, I don't want to speak something that's not the Lord when I say that. <clears throat> true authority is coming. True power, dunamis power, is coming. We can't preach it in. <clears throat> All right, let me let me get a grip. <clears throat> we can't preach it in. We can't teach it in. We have to serve it in. Yes. There you go. In the body of Christ, we have tried to teach our way to authority and power. We have tried to reach some level of knowledge of Scripture that will bring the authority and power of the Lord. We have even thought we may even be able to bring it because we have been called to a certain fivefold office. We cannot preach it in or teach it in. We will have to serve it in. If, you're not, if we are not willing to serve one another and serve this body and serve this community and serve this world, don't talk to me about authority. I'm actually going to give you some scriptures for that. John fifteen thirteen through 14, Jesus said, Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Y'all still with me? Mark ten thirty five, <clears throat> starting verse 35. New American Standard. James and John, the two sons of Zebedee, came up to Jesus saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Grant that we may sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You don't know what you are asking Are you able to drink of the cup that I drink of? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism which I am baptized? They said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you shall drink. And you shall be baptized with the baptism which I am baptized. But to sit on my right or on my left, this is not mine to give. But it is for those for whom it has been prepared. James and John wanted to be put in a position in Jesus and sit in authority. And they thought it was that that would bring the glory of God. It's not our position. 
I take that back. It is our position. And it's the only position in him. To humbly submit ourselves under the hand of God and sit in Christ at the right hand of the Father. But it's not in our position. It's not in us getting to a certain level of faith or a certain... um, We can't even demand authority for the power and glory of God to come. He went on to say, and can I tell you this? A grain of a mustard seed can, can move mountains. It's not the grain of a mustard seed that grows up into the big mustard plant. It's not getting to the big mustard plant that gives you the faith to walk on water. Because if that was the case, Peter would have had to let that seed germinate within him before he stepped out on water. It's the very little seed, that that little grain, if you'll mix it or if we'll mix it with a heart to serve, with a heart to serve, the basis is love and the expression through our service to one another. That grain will move mountains. God is, God is positioning us to stand with a grain to serve Chris Walker and Philip and see a mountain moved. Hearing this, the ten began to feel indignant with James and John calling them to himself. Jesus said to them, You know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. But it is not this way among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Is that that qualifies us to carry his glory? Is that. In Mark 10.35, Jesus was revealing the way of honor, authority, and power. And how it comes to us through the basis of love manifested in service. Acts 19.11. The sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva. If we don't have a heart to serve others, we will not walk in true authority and true power of the Lord. We will walk in a counterfeit authority and power that will be forced by our carnality. And the enemy will say, Paul I know and Jesus I know, but who are you? (laughs) 
But guess what? We're coming into true authority and true power. One of the biggest reasons the enemy wants to keep us in, in offense toward a person, a group of people, leaders, organizations, etc., is because if the enemy can keep us in the offense, he knows we won't serve them. We won't serve the ones we're offended with, and it will disqualify us from walking in true authority and power. <clears throat> we discussed um, religion in our teen meeting last Wednesday night. And we discussed um, what we believed to religion to be, whether it was good or bad. And the room was divided. Half religion was bad and half of it was good. <clears throat> then we began to discuss the religious spirit. And <clears throat> what I believe the religious spirit to be is the gospel without power. Whether it's a mindset or whatever it is that keeps us from walking in the power. Now, I just described 90% of the American church. You may not agree with me. That's okay. Um, Say that again. That's good. <laughs> the religious spirit is the gospel without power. <clears throat> Whether it's a mindset. Anything that we block the true spirit of God to come into our lives and rob us from power. <clears throat> we need to look at one of the examples of true authority and power of the early church. Stephen, waiting on tables, serving widows. Signs and wonders following is what qualified him, is what positioned him to be a vessel of authority and power for the Lord. That's Acts 6, 5, or <clears throat> Acts chapter 6. Acts 6, 5, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and a man full of the Holy Spirit. Now, I know I might get some rocks thrown right here, but I'm going to speak it anyway. Um, tongues is not the evidence of being full of the Spirit. Tongues is a evidence of being full of the Spirit. It doesn't matter how well you talk in tongues. If, you can't, if we cannot display Christ... We're not full of the Spirit because the, full, the Spirit and being full of Him will display Christ. <clears throat> I don't care how well we talk in tongues. <sighs> this is good stuff, man. I mean, I'm... Um, not because I'm saying it, it's just good stuff where God has us and positioning us. Um, <clears throat> we're in a good place. Um, thank you for listening and giving me an opportunity. Hunter, come on, buddy.
Hello, can you hear me? Yes. I have no notes. So Holy Spirit, just work in me, Lord. Because without notes, I am a train wreck. Um, <clears throat> to Tennessee, we went uh, Wednesday. And it was a long trek. And when I say trek, it was long. Uh, we had a long night trying to prepare and get ready. And he was fighting sleep. I was fighting sleep. And Josiah is asleep. And uh, don't lie, you were. Uh, but uh, we left about 9.15 and uh, got there about 9.30. So it was a good 12-hour ride between the stops and eating. And we get there and I really don't know who this guy is. Talked to him on the phone a couple times, and um, Padre and I had discussed, you know, what the Lord maybe was trying to do with us, because I was blind as a bat walking into this thing, and it was just, it was awesome. Um, but we discussed that we, we believe the Lord was keeping us in the dark for a reason, so we wouldn't anticipate upon the Lord, and um, I've never heard anybody say this, so I think it's what the Lord had spoken to me was, Hunter, I want you to anticipate, or I want you to expect me to show up more than you expect. And it's something that I've been living um, for three weeks now since he spoke it to me, to expect him more than I expect him. And, I, I mean, I believe it. But we got there, and uh, we, we started walking around, and, the man, he is, he is genuine. He is a, a kid in a candy shop. Um, his name's James Harrison. He just started this, this ministry. He walked in the, in the building. And if I have my story correct, from him telling other people and him telling us, it was a, a, a bar and then a bait shop or a bait shop and then a bar. But... Because all throughout the week we had people driving up as we had, you know, we had the, the band out there and the, the sound system hooked up. But we had people pull up there still thinking that it was a bar and wanting, you know, to get drinks or whatever they might want to do at a bar. Um, but he walked in there and to the, to the man who owned it, he called the man and had him meet him up there and, and walked in there and said, I'm a man of faith. And I have $7 in my pocket, but I have a vision. And the man's not a believer. And he said, I want you to go home, write the vision up, and bring it back to me tomorrow. And he gave him the vision, and the man said, let's go to the bank. And they figured it out and, and was, and fill me in if, I, if I'm missing anything. But, um, but, and it's just awesome to see what the Lord, Lord's doing with him. He, um, him and his wife, he, they cleaned the place up a little bit. I know Chad's been there once before and had this little um, get-together with less people than there were there this past week. I mean, the most we saw there at one time was 30 people, and God was just moving. And um, Chad said, man, it's awesome to see the turnout we have. And I'm like, dude, there's 30 people here, man. And, but that was, I mean, that was okay, because, I mean, God was there, and it was, I mean, the Valley of Peace, and oh my goodness, anyway... Um, but we got there and, uh, 
have no notes, so I'm still trying to stay on track. Um, but talking to the man, James, he is he's sincere. Um, I, like he said, I don't know if he speaks in tongues. I really don't care because the Holy Spirit is just flowing inside of him. And it's every, to, every time you're talking to him, well, the Lord's showing me this, and the Lord's showing me this, and, and I can interpret this. And it's, it's just, it's, it's, it reminds me of myself when I first like, heard of prophecy. I was like, that is crazy stuff, and you people are weird. And he, he is his own color in the crayon box, let me tell you. But uh, he, he is... Um, but talking to him um, and Chad showing up, and it was so funny. I, I, I heard someone say Chad Taylor's name, and I was like, oh, he's here. I, you know, I need to go see him. And so I walked in there, and he looked at me, and he was like, Hunter. I said, Chad. He said, you came. Yeah, you told me to. You know, it's like he didn't even expect me to get there. And I was like, dude, you told me to call, and I, you know, did what you told me to do, and now I'm here, and you're surprised. But um, he flew in with his uh, team from California, uh, the Propheticos, and they are awesome. If you ever have a chance to go online and read their page or whatever it's called, they, I mean, they're awesome, and they are, they are rocking the United States with, um, with what they do, and... Um, Connected with the guys there, uh, Josiah connected with the the guitar man who's been playing since he was this tall in diapers, and oh man, uh, he is awesome. And then their drummer and sound man Bob, they started when when we got there. James, I, I opened the door, said, "Man, we're here for you. We're here for this land. We're here to help you. So anything you need us to do, please, I'm begging, knock on our door, wake us up. Uh, we're we're willing." And if you don't use me, then, I mean, that's okay, too. But I'm here, you know. And he didn't hesitate. Man, I got a sound system coming in. Let's hook it up. A man showed up. His name's Chuck. He's awesome. And it was really cool how God connected it. Um, James needed a sound, had a sound, got a sound system like two years ago, was it? And didn't have anything to hook it up with or didn't know how to hook it up. Couldn't even pronounce the name on the speaker. And I was like, dude, I'm in that boat. I mean, I'm right there with you. I don't I couldn't tell you what how to do this or that. But his son's going to college now, and his roommate's dad, Chuck, lives in Mississippi, or yeah, Mississippi, who owns a sound business. And he's been he's like, dude, I've got a sound system, don't know how to hook it up. I got a conference concert get together thing. Can you come hook it up? And he said, yeah, man, I'll come do it for free. And it's, it's just awesome to see, um, see what, uh, what God's doing with him. Um, there, we got there, and we found, I did not realize this, but they had the uh, Trail of Tears bike event going through. I, I mean, I knew it was a bike rally, but I didn't know it was before the Trail of Tears. And, man, that was emotional, emotional. I'm already an emotional person. Uh, I'll ball like a baby if I put my hands on somebody, uh, but it was it was um, very interesting to have the um, there's a group called Rain Song. It's a Terry and I always forget her name. 
Darlene, uh, Wildman, Wildman, something like that. But uh, they do Native American um, Christian worship, and it is anointed. She plays that flute. If we could get that flute in here, I'm telling you, peace of God, will it'll, and we'll all fall out just like a wave. But uh, I believe it. Uh, she's awesome. Um, but they came in with with uh, with their flutes and drums and chants and. It was just interesting to uh, to see that and be a part of that, but I think something that um, one of the things that touched touched I mean that that blessed me the most was um, the connections that God put up. Um, talking to a couple from Mississippi, Bob not Bob Brian and Cindy Culpepper. Um, it's just the it's the stuff that they're going through and. And what they were speaking over us and speaking over them, I mean, it just mingled and impregnated us, What it is what it did. And um, he's, he's so right when he says, I don't know whether to read it or just spew it out on you, because that's exactly what, I mean, I feel like a, if I've got stuff shoved inside of me, and if I don't speak it, I'm going to blow up. And, uh, but it's, it's just cool to see what God... Um, is is uh, is working out with the connections and black belt. Okay, the Trail of Tears. I don't know if y'all know, but the Trail of Tears is when the uh, U.S. government decided that the American Indians couldn't have a particular part of this land and said, "Okay, we want all y'all to pack up and move out west." And it went right beside where we were staying. I mean, right there beside it. I and mean, we woke up one morning, the morning that they are having it, and we, I mean, woke up to, uh, so we get out there by the road, and I took a picture of the line of motorcycles and waited five minutes, and the line was still coming. And they rode the Trail of Tears, and it got to a ferry. The, the Indians got to the ferry, and they, which normally was 12 cent to pass, and the ferryman said, no, you have to pay a dollar. Well, they didn't have a dollar. And so a lot of them died there. And so the day we were leaving, Chad, that's when Chad decided to um, go on the ferry. And so we didn't get to experience that. But he said it was miracles happened on that ferry. And I'm excited to hear what he has to say. But getting in touch with Chad is like getting in touch with Santa Claus. So. I'm serious. I'm not playing. It is. I, I do this whole thing of trying to get up there. It's. Um, I've I've talked. I talked to Chad one time, and that was on Facebook, and it was, "Hey, call James." And that's all I got. And I was like, "Lord, if he's a man of God, then let's do this. If he hears I'm supposed to go, then you're gonna work it out, because this old this man's crazy." And um, but that's it's right it's right up my alley. So. Um, Hey, come on. Let me, let me say real quick what the um, Black Belt is. The Trail of Tears is where they traveled the Indians all the way to Oklahoma. The Black Belt, and I, I did not know this, but the Black Belt, if you take the extreme poverty places within the United States and you follow it through the United States 
and you was to do it and do it on a transparent paper and then hold the trail of tears up to it is identical. So the whole purpose of um, Chad being there in the ministry and what we were doing there this weekend was also we, we prophesied to the land. We repented and we were crying out to God in that area. Um, just awesome. Yeah. Uh, thank you for keeping me straight on that because I was like, Black Bill, what are you talking about? But uh, yeah, um, it was, when I said earlier was we really didn't have an idea of what we were supposed to do. And when I first found out I was going up there, I was immediately was like, God, you know, I, you know, I want to, this is my first one. I was excited. I was like, God, you know, give me a word. I, you know, I, I want to deliver something that's just going to make the man just fall over and, you know, and, but, um, but when we got there, I was expecting Chad to be like, okay, you know, let's go out. And he offered it and we were like, yeah, let's go, man. We're, we're pumped. Let's hit the streets. Cause that's your Chad and you do that. You know, you throw us in there and then walk off and, uh, and I and I was I had prepared myself for that, and it 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 didn't work out. But that's okay because the Lord um, revealed to us as we were leaving was was He wanted us to take that land back, take it from the enemy because it's not His, it's it's Jesus's. That and that valley is a valley of peace. And I've been describing it what James was telling us where I grew up in Madison. Right down the road, 30 minutes, is a place called Perry. And they just played them this weekend in football. And before the game, Madison went to Perry and rode on their football field, gave them black flowers and put RIP and stuff like that. And that's the kind of rivalry. And, I mean, they had three different counties of sheriff's departments at that game. And that's the rivalry. When he was explaining that to me, that's the rivalry I see in the valley between the two cities, between the two churches of the cities. And he said it was the churches battle back and forth. And he sits right in the middle of it. And I told him, man, that's, this is a valley of peace. This is, where, this is the valley where David meets Goliath. And I believe it. And uh, it, was, it was just awesome to just speak to him and his wife and, um, and call out her destiny and the whole thing. Um, going to the ramp was awesome. Man can preach there for 15 minutes. We could go home. And, um, I was, I was telling him. Oh, okay. Um, so. Chad had, was saying, you know, let's go out, let's go out. Well, he didn't really, he was, went off somewhere, and we were like, fine, we'll do it without him. So we said, give, you know, James, give us some flyers that you have, and we'll go post them up and hand them out and whatever. Well, we start driving, and we're not, we don't feel pulled. We, I mean, we're praying about where we need to go, and we're seeing crazy signs and laughing at people who aren't obeying the signs. And um, we decide there's uh where the bridge is over the river, there is a big rudder that 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 shows you how big the the, the rudder is in the dam that the turbine that turns the water and causes the electricity or whatever. We wanted to see that when we first got there. We're like, okay, we got to go see this. So we were driving to it, and as we're pulling up on this rudder, I see on this turbine, I see this symbol, and I I felt my baby jump, 
and and that sounds so weird, but it's true. Anyway, I don't know how a baby feels when it jumps, but that's what it felt like. If, if anyway, I'm gonna move on. Uh, we're we're driving. I see it, and two weeks earlier, I was with Brother Wayne and Savannah. I want to say, but I saw that identical symbol, but there was a difference to it it wasn't outside the circle but he was explaining to me what this symbol meant and it was the witch symbol for a watcher demon and that the wiccan or the coven of whoever put the symbol there has placed a watcher demon on that spot and either and and it's an a with a circle and a lot of people nowadays i recognize it as the anarchy sign and kids wear it now as a fashion and um, and I was like, yeah, okay, Brother Wayne, that's, that's the anarchy sign. And he began to educate me, no, Hunter, it's not. Whether you, I mean, whether you want to believe it or not, that, I mean, that's what it means. And, um, and so him telling me this, I really took it to heart. And, um, but if, if there's a circle and then there's an A, and if the, the A goes outside of the circle, then a blood sacrifice has been done, whether animal or human. And that, I mean, that's scary. Um, not scary for me, because my fear is upon the Lord. But, um, but I, as we're driving, I see this symbol, and my baby jumps, and I, I just yelled at Padre, stop, you got to stop. And so he slammed on brakes, and I was like, back up. And so I showed it to him, and I explained to him what Brother Wayne had just taught me. And so we get out, and we march right up to that thing, and we point at it, and we anoint it, we take the land back, and, I mean, we're just prophesying to this thing that it can't have any ground here, it can't, that it doesn't have power, and that, that we, we throw the watcher demon wherever he wants to go, but it, not with our people. And um, as we're doing that, I called Brother Wayne and get clarification on it, on whether or not I was right of where I was standing so I could get foundation. And we get back to the campground, and I'm telling James this of what we found. And he's like, man, I was just there like three months three months ago with my wife, and I just showed her that it was getting spray painted on. He said, man, that hasn't been there for three months, and their their ministry is three months old. And... I mean, that's, he said that, that spot is significant to them. I mean, that's where they had one of their first dates. That's one, where they had one of their first kiss. I mean, it's all significant, but he said, man, it's, it hasn't been there very long. I said, well, it's not there anymore. So, I mean, you, you are okay. I said, we're here to make sure that this land belongs to you. And it does now. And upon talking to uh, Brother Wayne, we had to destroy it. But um, I'll leave that one out. Uh, but, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to see what the Lord is going to do, uh, next week on the 4th of October, next week, two weeks, week and a half, something, but on the 4th of October, I'm going to Nicaragua with, uh, Aaron's grandmother, Aaron's aunt, um, a leader at their church, 
and her, the leader's daughter. Um, but we're going out there, and we're going to specifically minister to the kids. There's a school nearby, and Miss um, Peggy, who is Aaron's grandma, used to cut hair, and uh, used to cut padres. I think that's what happened. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, but she's going to go out there and give out free haircuts, and just spend a lot of time with the kids. And it was really, it was really cool to see what the Lord is uh, revealing to me and what's coming up next because this weekend I went um, went back home and before I went I felt it stirring in me. My my grandfather had cancer in uh, 1990. He um, they declared him six months to live and he called them liars and it's been 11 years since that was spoken over him. Um, praise the Lord. Um, when I was a senior, they found more spots, and uh, he's been battling that since then. Well, I've had a stirring in me to go lay hands on him, and <clears throat> so I did. Um, uh, I was talking to Padre, and <clears throat> I said... I'm to the point where if I'm preaching about Jesus and how he can walk down the street and pick up cripples and tell them to walk, and then two sentences later says you can do the same, how come I'm not doing that? I said, man, I'm tired of walking in unbelief. Tired of not just unbelief of it not happening, of it not from the supernatural being the natural. I'm tired of it. I'm not, I'm not going to preach a Jesus that didn't raise, that didn't come back to life. I'm not going to preach that. I'm going to walk in it. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. And so I called my pop and I said, I'm coming this weekend, and I know you're a busy man. I only need 15 minutes. So Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, better have my name in the books, please, sir. <laughs> uh, but uh, and my family, we, we're not ones that get intimate. He wasn't even the one that told me that he was diagnosed with cancer. It was my mom that was. And she's not, she's, I mean, they've been through a divorce 10 years ago. And I'm thinking, why isn't my own family telling me this? Why isn't my mother? But I'm, I'm telling you that because so you know that my family isn't like this. So calling him and saying, Pop, I want to pray for you is a very uncomfortable situation in my family. And then when I get there, having him not be there and say, Grandma, you know, where's Pop? Oh, Hunter, why are you here? Well, I'm going to pray for him. Oh, yeah, let me step in my office and let me call him. I know she was thought I was crazy, but we went back to his office and he went to wanting to chase rabbits and not get to the issue. And he's like, well, I got an appointment at 2.30. And I was like, all right, well, let's do what we came to do. And Aaron and I put our hands on him and... 
I prayed for him. I was nervous. But I'm confident. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to preach a Jesus that isn't alive. I'm not going to do it. And I don't expect y'all. Don't have faith in me is all I'm asking. Have faith in Jesus. Mm. Whew. I was listening to uh, Patricia King. I've heard of her, never listened to her. And as she's preaching, she'll... Whew! Uh, and the first couple, first couple times she did, I was like, yeah, I turn it, I crank it up, so I can't, all I'm hearing is the preaching. And she did that, about jumped out my britches. But... I, no, I plan to YouTube her, but... She went on to say, we need to get in unity. And I started getting this, she calls them revies, but this revelation of how if me and Padre were both both followers of Christ, if he says something and I don't get in agreement with it, we're throwing up two different prayers. And And I thought, Lord, I'm so glad I'm not you. Because if I'm hearing both of my children asking for something that is complete opposite, who do I listen to? I, I, my mind can't wrap around that. And, I mean, that sunk in me. And it, it lines up with what I, I expressed this to them. Man, I'm praying in tongues. And when I do that, by the, when I'm done praying... I need to get in agreement with what I just prayed. Because if the Word says that my tongue is heavenly, and that's the Holy Spirit praying through me, then that prayer is divine. It's sanctified. And so I need to get in agreement with what I'm praying. So, um, but I... Also going there, and I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm fi- almost done, but when I went there to Madison, I went to my old uh, alumni and went to a football game, and I walked up, and there was an FCA booth, Fellowship Christian of Athletes, and there's a little booth there. It wasn't big. I mean, it was, the table was, you know, this big, but I walked up and started talking to these kids, and these kids, 11th grade, 10th grade, and... I've I've seen them when they were like this big, but uh, I, mean, I don't know their names to save my life. And I walked up to them, and I, saw, I was like, you know, trying to strike up a conversation. I heard they had a really good chapel this week, and I wanted to find out, you know, if the chapel, what it had done. And my, my heart is to see this school just break out in revival, stop classes because people can't stop laying hands on each other. I mean, that's my heart, to see this school just blow up with, with Jesus. Um, but... I'm talking to these kids, and this girl walks up, and she sits down because she's at this booth too, and she says, you're Hunter. I said, every day. I've been him. And she said, you're Hunter Green. I said, yes, ma'am. And who are you? She said, Ashley Klein. I was like, nice to meet you. And she said, yeah, we, we know about you. 
It ain't true. Because there's no good story in that school about me. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, and she said, no, we know about you. And I was like, really? What what you know? And I was a little nervous to hear what she had to say. And she said, yeah, you're a preacher. Yeah. I mean, it made me feel good. I, I mean, I almost started crying. And um, And she said, yeah, yeah, I remember you. And I was like, I'm, I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't know who you are. And she said, no, no, no. She said, I used to watch you. And she said, when you would walk, there would be people behind you, following you, wherever you went. Man, that made me feel good. And right then, I embraced. I, I mean, I, it, never, it never clicked about who I was until right then. And so, I, I, I was, after that, I went and I talked to a couple people, some of my family, and was explaining to them why I was there. And to have some of them say, man, you look happy. That's because I am. I am full of joy. This is why. And, I, and just open the door. Simple. But I felt the Lord pulling me down there to the kids where the, where the group of kids always sit. It has been for 20 years. That's where they always sit. And it's really uncomfortable, especially for a kid, or in, and more for the adult to have to walk up there because you have all the kids staring at you. And I felt pulled to go and sit and talk to them. And I said, Lord, okay. And I went and I, I sat right by Cody, and Cody had about 15 different kids around there. And I looked at the kid next to me. His name was Stephen Mann. Didn't even go to the school. I didn't realize that till we were leaving. I said, Stephen, or I said, what's your name? He said, Stephen. I said, Stephen, what's your last name? He said, Stephen Mann. And I just began to strike up conversation. And the next kid next to him was Ryan Hernandez. I don't know how I remember these names. I'm terrible with names. But those kids stuck out to me. And talking to these kids, I mean... It was it was awesome. I said y'all. I said I heard y'all had a, you know, a, a chapel this past week, and they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. I said that's that's great. I said I'm really excited, you know, that it was student led, so a student got up there and and uh, preached, and um, they said that half the more than half of the school high school went up there and um, was crying and repenting before the Lord. I said, that is awesome. I, I'm excited for Osceola. And I said, but I want to know something. I said, do you think it'll stick? Do you think next week or tomorrow or three months, they're still going to be doing that? Do you still think that they're going to be crying and repenting before the Lord? I want to know that. And they said, well, we hope so. Didn't answer my question. I want to know if it will stick. And they said, no. It, it breaks my heart. And I said, well, guys, I said, I, I said if, if the last thing I say to y'all, I said, because I'm fixing to get up and I'm going to have to go talk to Aaron. I said, the last thing, I want, I want y'all. I said, my prayer is for y'all to hear a gospel that sticks. And when it sticks, it's, you can be able to deliver it and have it stick. I said, I, that's, that's what I want for this school. And they're like, oh, we want us." you know, we want you to come to do chapel. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not coming over here to, you know, uh, do PR. 
I said, I'm coming over here because I love you guys. And I want to see this, y'all's generation have a better walk than, than I did. And that, I mean, that's my heart, is to see little kids, see little Garens running around and laying hands on people. And see Levi doing the same and, and Hannah and Elijah. Man, I mean, that's my heart. And if I, if I got to pick them and throw them right into it, I'm going to do it. So they won't have to do the stuff I have to do. Oh, oh, this is the last story, unless, unless the Lord wants me to keep going. Um, we were in Birmingham, we were on our way home, and we, I'm looking around, and I, I see in the, in the sidewalk there's grass sprouting up, and, uh, and I was like, this isn't maintained very well, and I look up, and there's three or four houses with no roofs on them, and it didn't dawn on me until after we had left that there was a tornado that had gone through there. I'm not a very big news person or watch politics, but apparently there was a tornado that went through Birmingham. And, um, but I, I had seen this, and I was like, man, we are right close to the ghetto. We're, if we're not in it, we're very close to it. And we get to this gas station, and Padre is pumping gas, and normally Josiah and I would go inside, get our drink or whatever, but we decided to stay outside and start talking to Padre, and this young man walks up. He's about 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, He's in his mid-20s. He's a black boy. And then right behind him is this uh, older gentleman. I would have assumed maybe his dad or a friend or something like that. But he was an older, older man. The old man walks inside. And the, guy walk, the kid walks up to us. And I was like, hey, man, how you doing? He said, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are y'all? And I said I was blessed. And um, Padre said he was good. And... Um, but I started talking to him, and he identified that we were, he said, oh, y'all are Christians. And I said, well, yeah, we follow Christ. And he said, um, yeah, yeah, I go to a church down here, and by this time, Padre's already zoned out with the gas and making sure that he's staying on budget. And, uh, but I start talking to this kid, and he's like, yeah, I'm just trying to make a dollar here or there. And I was like, oh, you know, there's the incentive that he's going to fix and ask for money. And I I have a hard time turning down money to to anyone. If I have it, I'm going to give it out. And, I mean, that that's exactly how I feel. And I know I just checked in my wallet. I have two 20s and a 5. And I know that. And I said, Lord, when he asked me for the money, don't convict me for handing him the 5. Because I'll hand him all the money I have if you want me to. I said, but I feel the five is coming out of my pocket. So if you want to give that to him or want me to give him 40 or 25 or however much I can give him out of $45, I'll give it to him. And it got to kind of awkward silence because Padre was putting the gas back up. And he said, well, and the old man was walking out and he looked at us and he said, hey, do y'all have any money? You have a couple bucks you could spare. And... They, we, we all did the natural, uh, but when I went like this, I didn't have anything in my front pocket. When I went like this, I felt money, and I, I told Aaron this, I told, I told every, I, I'm telling y'all, I did not put that money there. I didn't do it. I don't remember doing it, so to me, it didn't happen. 
And I, right then, I knew, I said, Lord, if this is $100, if this is $300, if this is a check for $1,000 written out to this young man, I'm going to give it to him. Because I didn't put this there, you did. And I know he did. I pulled it out, and I counted it. It was $4, four ones. It's less than my $5 bill, but I was okay with that because it was God's money because I didn't put it in my pocket. And I, I looked at him and I said, what's your name? And he said, Franklin. I said, Franklin, I will give you this $4 if you let us pray for you. And before I could put the question mark on the end of my sentence, he was running around that gas tank and was, yeah, man, come on, come on. And was putting his hands out so we could we grab his hand and, and circle up, basically. And the idea came from at the ramp, Damon and this man were going out to eat, and they had gone to this restaurant, and this man walked up because he was talking about being honest, and he said even drunks do it, can be honest. And he said that uh, an obvious drunk walked up to him and said, can I have 90 cent for a beer? And Damon said, no, all I got is a card. I got plastic. Uh, but he said, he said I, you know, I don't have any cash on me. And the man that went with him said, I ain't giving you 90 cent for a beer. I'll feed you. I'll give you food. You want that? And he said, no, I just want a beer. I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. So he went to walk off. And Damon said he felt compelled to pray for this man. So they turned back around and went to this man. And the, and the man had, who had said, no, I'm not giving you any money, said, you know what? I got $20 in my pocket. I'll give you $20 if you let me pray for that alcoholic demon off of you. And the man said, yeah, I'll do it. They started praying for him. The man started coughing stuff up physically. I mean, just coughing. And they said the man was delivered, got his $20 and walked off. Whether he picked up the alcohol or not, I don't know. I don't care. But that's testimony. And I used it. And I said, I'll give you these $4 if you let us pray for you. And he ran around there, grabbed our hands, and Project started praying for him. And we, we saw roots, it was, roots from his grandma. And he, he said, yeah, you know, the church right up the road, she goes to it. He said, she, you know, she's been praying for me. He's like, yeah, man, you got roots. So we started speaking to them roots, bringing water to it. They're going to sprout up. And he's going to come into the destiny of who he's supposed to be. And we got an agreement with his grandma. And it is, and we, I mean, we still talk about it. Yes, we still talk. We're rounding the corner up there, uptown, by McDonald's. And I was like, man, wouldn't it be awesome if we were watching TBN and this man comes up there. He says, my name's Franklin. And I'm a preacher because three men prayed for me at a gas pump for $4. <laughs> and we, I, mean, I spoke it to him and he, he's like, hallelujah, yeah, we just call that out, Lord. And we start praying for him again. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm excited. And I'm, I'm, I'm over eager sometimes. And I've, Aaron, Aaron had to call my hand on it because I was talking to my cousin. She went to say something and, not that it didn't line up with the Word, but it wasn't positive and wasn't uplifting. And I said, no, this and this and this, and the Word says this. And, and she's like, honey, you're a little over-eager sometime. And I was like, well, you know, I, I feel, feel like a little kid, and if I don't say it, I'm going to pop, you know. Uh, like when you get a toy for your dog, and your dog's like, just give it to me. You know, I'm tired of waiting. I'm sitting, okay? I'm listening. I'm sitting. I'm laying down. You know, just give me the bone. That's what I feel like. But... Um, I'm telling you guys, I'm, I'm excited for, for my family at home. I'm excited for myself. I'm excited for PWAC. I'm, 
I'm excited for the Lord, and I'm I'm just excited to see what what other stuff He has has planned. And uh, but so. I'm excited because Hunter's excited. Can you tell? Um, can you tell there's a change? You can tell people are changing. You know, things don't change till people change. Things will never change till people change. <laughs> And, and Hunter, I'm right there with you. I am so excited. You know, I would roll over and let you scratch my belly. I'm, I, I, would, I would do that. I, I, I would do that. Yeah. We'd know God have to be in that, wouldn't we? But I'm, I'm so excited. I cannot begin to tell you. How excited I am. I cannot begin to tell you how excited some folks are in this ministry about what God is doing. I hope you're one of those people. If you're not, I hope you'll catch it between now and next weekend. Because I think next weekend is going to be a really good weekend. Okay? I just, I flat forevermore believe that. And, um, so anyway, I'm just looking forward to next weekend. I'm looking forward to today. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. And so um, we're not going to stay here any longer. Stand up. We're going we're gonna to go to the Lord just a minute. Then we're going to go about doing what we need to do. Lord Jesus. Lord, just keep doing what you're doing. And Lord, help us to keep doing what you're doing. We thank you, Lord, for the good reports. We thank you for the good words, Lord. We thank you for the path that we see ahead of us. We thank you, Lord, for all the things that are coming in to us, Lord, simply because you're who you are. So, God, we, just, we say today once again that we just love you and we bless you. We ask safety and provision. I plead the blood of Jesus over every one of my brothers and sisters here that the enemy would not be able to take advantage of them and that evil would not come their way and they would not go the way of evil. So thank you, Lord, for everything. In Jesus' name, amen.